Luke 13 and verse 35, or from verse 34. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which killeth the prophets and stoneth them that are sent unto thee. It says, How often will I have gathered thy children? Remember the children we're talking about? You remember the children we're talking about that? All right, lift up your eyes. I will have gathered. Which means it's not you that will gather. It's not you that will gather the relationships. The relationships will come to you. It's not you that will try to meet the king. Are you following me, saying yeah. uh, I was telling him today, I didn't know. All right? I mean, you saw Tyler Perry open up the studio. The four biggest studios in America, in Hollywood, will fit into his own studio with still 60 acres left. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Walt Disney, Warner Brothers, Sony, Universal will fit into Tyler Perry Studios with 60 acres left to spare. Nobody in the history of America has had 12 sound stages in a studio. Nobody has had it. If you have just $30,000 to do a film, you can do the film there. If you have $200 million, you can do it. Do you get what I'm saying here? And he did it without borrowing money. You didn't borrow money. That kind of thing. You didn't borrow money. Now, of course, you have to use money. So when they say you didn't borrow money, it means people with money invested money. So it's very easy by just looking to know that Oprah Winfrey is one of the investors. You don't, you don't need miracle to know if you have to have that. But she was me, how did he meet Oprah Winfrey? He was a janitor in the hotel where Oprah came and said, so listen, it's God that organizes people. That's what I'm saying. Are you following what I'm saying? And, and look at what he said here. He said, Jerusalem, the killers for us, them that are sent unto thee, how often will I have gathered thy children? As a hen doth gather her brood under her wings, but you will not. How? Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, and verily I say unto you, you shall not see me until the time come when you say, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Which means until you start saying that, you're not going to have that visitation. Now, what does blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord mean? Luke chapter 19. The Bible is self-explanatory. So we are not juxtaposing scripture. Verse 37. Luke 19, 37. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees among the people, all right? So they said, blessed be the king that does what? Come in the name of the Lord. In other words, said, you shall not see me until you say, blessed is he. These who are rejoicing and saying, blessed is he that cometh in the name of And the Pharisees rebuked the disciples. And I said, I tell you, if they should hold their peace, the stones will immediately cry out. And when he was come there, I beheld the city and wept over it. If thou had known, even thou at least in this thy day, the things that belong to thy peace or thy prosperity, but now are they hid from thine eyes. 
For the day shall come when the enemy shall cast a trench round about thee. That's how the walls of Jericho are put round the person. And shall compass thee and keep thee and shall lay thee with the ground and thy children and shall not leave the stone one upon another because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. And he went and cast them that sold and bought and he said, my house, it is written, is a house of prayer. Go and read it in the original Old Testament. It says, my house is a house of praise. So it says you come there and it's supposed to be a house where spiritual sacrifice and praise is being offered all right, right unto God. So, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, the person who is rejoicing, the person who is singing. Uh, remember that scripture, Psalm 24 put it up. He said, lift up your head. Remember the gates have been opened. Lift up your head, O ye gates. Be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. He says, if you don't, do you know what he's saying there? It is the same thing when Jesus said, when men speak evil of you and do all these things, he said, lift, all right, and says, rejoice in that day. Which means that when things are happening around you and you are cast down, the king of glory cannot come in. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah? You allow everything to wait there, you're like this. The king of glory cannot come in. He says, lift up your head and begin to pray. He said, and the king of glory will come in. In other words, before I come in, I must hear you start praising Blessed is he that cometh in the name of Lord. Blessed, are you following what I'm saying there? And then the king of glory. Look at what he says. He said the king of glory. All right, the king. Verse four. Say, no, okay, no. Lift up your head, gates. Lift up your, and king of glory shall come in. Next verse, he says, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. So you are losing until you lifted up your head. Look at next verse. He says, lift up your head. Oh, he gets, lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory, repeat it again, shall come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. In other words, lift it up. I heard a minister say this, that he was under many years ago, and I knew about the story. He was under serious persecution from ministers in this, or some ministers in the country. And he said, well, he blew up blew up seriously from it. That's why when people oppose you, you should, you should be rejoicing. Blew up seriously. If you don't have any enemies, something is wrong. You need, you need people to, to write about you. You need haters on Facebook, haters on Twitter. You need it. Without that, you are not going anywhere. Because how do you activate the most powerful scriptures? If nobody crucifies you, how will you be raised? You must be raised. Resurrection. You don't, you don't be saying resurrection power. You'll be waiting. Don't you know they must first of all kill you before? <laughs> are you following what I'm saying? Some of you are going through these things and you are shouting, shouting. They are taking away the old. You are running after the old. Are you following what I'm saying? He says if they take your coat, give them. What's he saying? They are stripping you of the old that you might enter into the new. All right. But you are running after them as though all of life is the old. Are you following me? I, people that might have said this here. Where was the people that my close friend that you thought the world will end if they stop talking to you? Today, you don't talk to them for your life. Is, you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So why are these thinking that if some people do your life, you two are sitting in here. So, Alright? He broke up with me. He broke my friend. You don't know what God delivered you from. He broke up with me. He said he loved me. He said he loved me. Come, let's agree that we'll come back. But I know I agree. <laughs> you understand this? Lift up your head and the king of glory will come in. Are you sorry, eh? People go on the path of self-destruct. Then you, you change your appearance because somebody broke up with you. Yeah. Then you start coming with rubber slippers like the life has. What is that? He said, lift up your words, your head. And the king of glory will come in. Are you from there? I saw life has ended. What are you talking about? What if the person wasn't born? Won't, won't you find somebody else? <laughs> Uh, he said, we're, both of us are working in the same office. What if he didn't pass school certificate? Wouldn't somebody else be talking about What's your problem? There's no life. It's only God that, that you follow him, saying, lift up your head. And this man said, and I understood what was a very powerful principle. He said, after the persecuted, in fact, when I heard of it, I told him download it. After the persecuted, persecuted, they expected he would go to God in prayer, which is the mistake people make. I said, God, look at what they have done to me. God, you are the only friend I have. God, you know, I have walked through this path. And you have the complex that I'm the only prophet alive. <laughs> only me is going through this. He said, he went to God in prayer. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. All right. Through, and started shouting for victory. He said, he did not let his head come down once. That's how you get victory. Are you from there? Oh, I start weeping and allowing things on the outside to weigh you down. And then, you know, you come, then you, while they're doing praise and worship, you do it. <laughs> then they even ask you, so what's about nothing? <laughs> uh, nothing. So I, I'm just not in the mood today. You are not in the mood to praise God? <coughs> Do you know what the Bible says? Let everything. No, don't shout. Oh. You know, if we reverse that scripture, it means everything that is not praising God, we can take the breath. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. So if you are not praising the Lord, you don't have a right to breathe. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, some of you will be vexed by this. You can be vexed, but I will say it. Say you're angry. You can be vexed. If you are vexed, but that, look, put that scripture again. Now, let us read the scripture together. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Now, did he say, let everybody get Christian? Did he say everybody pray? Do, do the animals have breath? Should they praise the Lord? So animals should praise the Lord? Okay. Now, so this is where I'm going to. Now that you have agreed with this scripture, someone came to meet a preacher, and I heard him, and he opened my eyes. He said, he said, 
Kanye West is having praise concerts around. He's not qualified to praise God. He said, talk, he said told them, let everything that has breath praise. Does he have breath? Yes, he can praise the Lord. What is your own? The man is praising God. You are holding him again. You don't know how Pharisees, you are people have become Pharisees. People are not happy, I'm telling you. They're not happy. It's only sad people that behave like that. Somebody is praising. He didn't say he's even preaching. He's saying he's praising. You hold him again. So what should he be doing? <laughs> you know what that is? The elder brother. Yeah. That they are singing. He says, no. This guy has been rapping all of his life. Wasting substance. Me, I have been in church. Serving you. Nothing have I gotten in 15 years. You know, that's what I say. All my prayer has not gone answered. Your problem is what? You are angry. You know, I saw the scripture. It says, let men, particularly men. No, no, I'm telling you this. An attack on men is to get angry. Look, look. look, look let me show you. So, so you don't. Now, let, let me show you. So you know what I'm if I have a sermon, I was going to preach in Abuja on it. It's just that the Lord told me that's not the message. So I'm looking for the day I'm going to preach it. <laughs> the angry man. All right? And let me tell you this. I went to research it, and I said in the African continent, there are too many young men that are getting angry. This was, they were just doing statistics there. And they said it might become an open door for terrorism because they have unfulfilled dreams, they are not working at the level that so and is this angry man that has domestic violence? Because an angry man who marries most he has only found an outlet for that anger now. So listen. First Timothy chapter two and verse eight. Now, let me show you. It says, I will therefore that men pray every day. Lifting up holy hands without wrath, which is without anger. You say, Pastor, no. This is men, which is talking about female and male. No. Why? Next verse. Next verse. In like manner also that women. So, who is he talking to there? Men. Let's leave that for another day. Too many men are angry. They are praying, but they are angry at what is going on in their life. Angry at the salary they are earning. Do you get what I'm saying? Angry at everything. They go out on the streets. They see people driving. They are angry. They go on the internet. Don't you say I'm not angry that it's going on Twitter? Don't you say I'm not angry going on Facebook? Don't you say I'm not social media? Angry man. Very angry. And I'm telling you where this anger is coming from. It says you are angry. Even though they are praying, there's anger inside. That's why the Bible says be slow to speak, be quick to hear, be slow to anger. I'm saying there are too many angry men. And let me tell you where their anger developed at the point of appointment. God was trying to readjust their lives from what they were doing to what he wanted them to do. From a narrow place to a broad place. But they chose their own way. And that's why he says that let heavy hands, he talks about feeble knees, he says, listen, make sure, you see, they got to the place of the chastisement of God, where he was trying to correct them. And because they didn't take that correction, they are now, all right, let's say, lift up hands that hang down. 
That's, that, those hands there are coming from a place there of internal anger uh, and strife. Uh, are you following me? And that's why, that's why, that's why people are angry. And a lot of men are angry, all right? And that anger now is, is they've looked at it in Africa. In fact, let me tell you what they said. Let me tell you what they said. This, I'm not talking about religious research table. If I say that, I'm talking about scientific research. They said the only thing keeping the anger in the young African man down are religious leaders. They said if you take away the religious leaders that are holding them, those nations will implode. And I told a friend of mine, I said, as much as they're abusing pastors, you take pastors out of the way, this country will scatter. Are you following what I'm saying? You remove it out of the way, as much as people are saying, because they are the ones still giving those young men hope. They are the ones preaching to them. You came in now, we're talking about opening the gates. At least you are seeing some other alternative. <laughs> Didn't you see? Didn't you see? What, hap what was it that happened when somebody went to say, what did they say, that they said beating uh, 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 South Africa? You see anger? You see anger? You see, they, they just came with a photograph that wasn't true. That they are born in Nigerians in South Africa, not true. People ran on the road and started grabbing people with different color of skin. Pulling them out of their car. That shows anger. Going into shops owned by Nigerians. Breaking it down. That shows anger. If that thing is not controlled, if that thing is not controlled, all right? And that's what we said. People that are going on Twitter and desensitizing people and tweeting things, saying they are woke. They did this, you know, you, can, you are trying to produce a monster in the lab. When you crank the thing and it gets up, you'll be the first person. I've told pastors, you go and start preaching against men of God, tearing them down on your pulpit, thinking that you are woke. It's your members that will first rise up. It's you that will carry. Before they meet any other man of God, they'll first carry you because you planted it inside them. And until that anger thing is addressed, and the root of where the anger is coming from, if I was going to preach, I was preaching in Abuja for a men's conference, I'd written the message on angry men. Let me tell you what happened. So I got to the conference, and I sat down. 15 minutes to preach was when I realized the theme of the conference. I said, wow, wow, wow. <laughs> The theme of this conference is focus. Don't come with angry man. I sat down there and I rewrote a message. Rewrote it and got up and preached it. And I set aside the angry man. So one day, God is going to tell me, the time has come. Maybe it's a men's conference for angry men. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word and by the power of your spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth and in all righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818-600-0082. God bless you. Turn to Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 1. It says, Thus hear the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden, to subdue nations before him. I will lose the loins of kings, to open before him the two living gates. And he says, The gates shall not be shut. The gates shall not be shut. And I will go before thee and make crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the great gates of brass. It says, and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness. And he says, and the riches of the, the riches of sacred places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord which call thee by name, am the God of Israel, for Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel my elect, have I called thee by name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. So he says here, Thus hear the Lord to Cyrus, whose right hand have I holden or held to subdue nations before him. So the purpose of holding his hand was to subdue nations or get impossible things done. Uh, to lose the loins of the kings and to open before him the two levied gates. And it says here, and the gates shall not be shut. Now, our theme for the last quarter of the year is finishing 2019 strong. And when we talk about finishing it strong, we're talking about the armor of God's strength being strongly revealed in these last days here of this um, 2019. Saying the demonstration of the strength of God in this last eight something days of the year. 
where he talks about making beer his holy arm. And when you speak about the arm, you are speaking about the place or a demonstration of strength. It tells us in Isaiah here, and verse 53 here, all right, Isaiah and verse 53, it said, Who hath believed our report, and to whom shall the arm of the Lord be revealed? Arm of the Lord is the strength of the Lord being seen in the life of that person. For he shall grow up before him. That the man who believes the report will grow up before God as a tender plant. And the miracle is as a root out of a dry ground. When he talks about dry ground, he's not talking about the condition of the heart here, but the dryness in the life of that person which means what will grow out and what will become visible will be no reflection, all right, on what was outwardly present at that particular point in time. So something that is totally in contradiction to the weakness on the outside begins to emerge in the life of that man. That's why he says, he hath no form, all right, or comeliness when we shall see him there is no beauty that we shall desire him. He was despised and rejected of men. However, as a tender plant, all right, will grow out before the Lord. That is, this person understands I'm before the Lord. And how is he before the Lord? He believes the report of the Lord and not the report, all right, of the outward look. Which means there is something that God has shown that person and the person chooses to believe that report instead of believing what is on the outside. And so before the Lord, he begins to grow and the strength of the Lord or the arm of the Lord is revealed in the life of that particular person. So finishing strong is about finishing with this strength of God being shown forth, understanding that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So finishing with strength really means finishing with joy. Right? Making this last days here, like some days, days of the joy of the Lord. Are days where you are offering up sacrifices of joy. Hear what Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 24. He talked about finishing his cause with joy. Acts 20 and verse 24. None of these things move me. So he was going through things. Neither count I my life down to myself so that I might finish my cause with joy it says, and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify. So when we talk about finishing strong, we are talking about walking in the joy of the Lord. Uh, offering up sacrifices of joy unto the Lord. Uh, uh, choosing not to believe 
their outward report, choosing not to look at those things the Bible says that are seen, but to look at those things that are not seen, and therefore to acknowledge the presence of those things that are not yet visible with rejoicing, and before the Lord, things now begin to emerge in the life of that person that defied. Right? Uh, things show up that you cannot find any nothing in the natural to support this kind of event in the life of that person. There's no relationship that should command, all right, this kind of thing going on in the life of that person. Doors are being opened up for this individual as a result of the fact that he or she has believed the report of the Lord and sided with that, right, and started giving God glory. The Bible says they were staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. Romans chapter 4, how did they do that? By giving glory, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, which means they believe the external report, but was strong in faith, or strengthened in faith, giving glory unto God. Uh, so finishing this strong is finishing it with rejoicing. Uh, finishing it by not beholding lying vanities. As Jonah said, I believe in Jonah 2 and verse 8, I believe, let me just look at it here. All right? He talked about they that observe, all right, lying vanities, yeah, verse 8. It says here, when my soul, verse 7, fainted within me, I remember the Lord, and my prayer came in unto thee into thy holy temple. And God showed him something. And he said, they that observe, lying vanities forsake their own mercy. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. In other words, the mercy of God is always there. It's people that forsake God's presence and power. Now, they say God has forsaken them, but God does not. It's people that forsake God, all right? And they do that by observing, right? So some, I mean, some silly dude wrote me and said, I no longer believe in Jesus and Christianity. I'm now woke. I thought it was blackmail to me. I said, you can be woke. I hope you find peace and joy being woke. Are you very sent to talking rubbish there? Okay? All right? Uh, when you are woke means that you are now beholding lying vanities. Do you get what I'm saying here? I don't just talk and say things as though, you know, that I'm not woke. I don't believe in Jesus. I don't believe as though it's an intelligent thing. And then he talked about something in an organized. I said, so who is behind this? organized intelligence, as you have said, since you are woke, because somebody must be behind it. All right? Says so they that observe. And it's very easy. You, you just start observing lying vanities, all right? And then you forsake, right, your own mercy. So it's not. I mean, it says, and, and how is he? Now put up Jonah 2.8. So he wants to tell us how they forsake, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Now look at the next verse and see how it happens. 
but I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of what thanksgiving. In other words, he puts things before them, but they now they stop thanking God. He says, I will pay that which I have vowed, which was praise. Salvation is of the Lord. Look at the next thing. And the Lord spoke to the fish. In other words, he could have been there. If he acknowledged the lying vanity and said, I'm in the belly of the whale, I'm in the belly of the whale, where is God, where is God, where is God? He would have remained there. He said, I turned away from, all right, what was obvious to the human eyes. And then I turned to the evidence of Christ and I began to give him thanks. And I paid my vow, which means I rejoiced while I was still in the belly of the whale. And God said, death cannot hold the prisoner. Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah. Death cannot hold that. And that's what this last days, all right, of, of 2019 about in terms of finishing this particular thing strong, right? Which is about turning away and stop looking at the condition on the outside and start acknowledging. Isaiah 49, it tells us this same simple mistake that people make. Isaiah 49, it says this, verse 13. Break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted in past tense his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion, instead of singing, said, the Lord hath forsaken me. But the Lord does not forsake. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is men that forsake God. Are you following what I'm saying? I'm going to say, well, uh, what's happening in my life? It's men that forsake God. Right? God, God is a spirit. He, he doesn't, he said, I've engraven thee. He says, but he says, Lord, has, my Lord has forgotten me. God said in verse 15, can a woman forget her sucking child that she should not have compassion on the son of her own? Yea, they may forget, but I will not forget thee. It says, behold, I've engraven thee upon the path. Do you know what that means? That means he looks at his palm of his hands, he sees your face. Can you forget what is written on the palm of your hands? It says, your walls are continually before me. Thy children shall make haste. Now, when will they begin? When will stop begin to make haste, children? Right, everything God has ordained for you. All right, when you start singing, when you begin, all right, to rejoice, when, um, look, Look, you know, you can worship God and be sad. Do you get what I'm saying here? You can be singing and, and you are sad. All right? We are talking about the sad, it is the joy. That's why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Rejoicing is, is, is the sacrifice. All right? So, I won't get somewhere here. It talks about that. Which means it says rejoicing there. So it's about you acknowledging God, right, and rejoicing and giving him praise, right, on the inside of yourself, worshiping him, rejoicing. Now, 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 why, why is this so important? Isaiah 60, I'll just quote scriptures here. Isaiah 60 and verse 9. It says, surely the isle shall wait for me. And the ships of Tarshish first to bring thy sons from afar. Remember, it talks about the same thing. 
Alright, now before we get back into it, let's go back to Isaiah 49, where we are. Let me just, before, we, so you see it. Alright, Isaiah 49, where we were. Alright, when it says, shall he forsake? It says, look at verse, verse 15. Can a woman forget a sucking child? Alright, now in verse 14 it says, here, but Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. In 13, he said, sing, and they refused to sing. Because they said the Lord has done what? Forsaken us. Which means we are not singing because the condition of our life is not right. Now, if you don't sing, the condition of the life doesn't change. Are you following what I'm saying? It doesn't change. So it says, verse 15 here. It says, can a woman forget? And then verse 16. It goes on, for I've engraved upon the palms of your walls are continuance before me. So if you start singing, look at what's going to happen. Thy children shall make haste, and the distress that made the way shall go forth of thee. Verse 18, lift up thy eyes, and behold, they gather themselves together, and they come to thee. As I live, said the Lord, thou shalt clothe thee with them all. Verse 19, it goes on, for thy waste and thy desolate, not that desolate, and land of destruction shall be too narrow by reason of the inhabitants. Those that swallow thee up shall be far away from thee. Thy children which thou shalt have after the loss the order shall say in thine ears, which is the things that will spring up in your life. This place is too narrow, which wherever you are, give place that I may dwell. And then verse 21, then shall thou say in thy heart, who hath begotten me this? So when we look at Isaiah 60 now in that light, and verse 9, we see what it says here. Yeah? The house shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to, to bring thy sons from afar, now this is relationships, and their silver and gold with them unto the name of the Lord and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified thee. Now it says, sons of strangers shall build up your walls, and their kings, men in authority, shall minister unto thee. For in my wrath I smote thee, but in my favor have I had mercy on thee. Therefore, thy gates shall be open continually and shall not be shut day nor night that men may bring unto thee the forces of the Gentiles that silver and gold and kings may be brought. So it says, thy gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut night or day. Now, so if they get shut, then men can no longer bring what they are supposed to bring. Do you get what I'm saying here? What is ordained to come into your life no longer can come. So when the Bible says, give and it shall be given, shall men give to your bosom, there is what is called the gates of your life. If those gates are shut, then nothing is coming in. If you pray to God and the gates are shut, those who are to bring the answers to your prayers can get into your life and space. Now, who are going to be there? Destroyers and those that make the waste. Right? The right people can't get in. The right spirits can't get in. Nobody can get in because the gates are shut. So all Satan has to do is to shut those gates. Once those gates are shut, then there's frustration. 
But the gates must be open continually. And that means day and night. Now, it does, we're not going far. Uh, the Bible goes right in that particular place to show us what the gates are. In verse 18, it says, Violence shall no more be heard in thy land, wasting and destruction within thy borders, but thou shalt call thy world's salvation and thy gates what? Praise. In other words, Jonah said, they that observe lying vanities shut the gates on their life. You see what I was saying? They shut the gates down. They look at what's going on and they say, oh, I'm not going to praise God. Uh, they look at what just happened and say, no, I'm not going to praise God. Uh, they look at that and say, no, I'm not going to praise God. All right? Where is God? Why, why should this happen here? And why should that happen there? And they shot. And Jonah said, in fact, Jesus, when he came and said, show us a sign, he said, no sign is coming. He said, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale for three days, three nights, so shall the Son of Man be. That's the only sign. Go and read what Jonah did. And so, how did Jesus get out of the bed of the earth? Same thing, right? While you are there, you open up the gates. It says, but I will, I will offer up thanksgiving. I will pay my vow. And the minute you opened up the gates continually there, which means it became a something that it was practicing. Don't you remember what it tells us in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15? All right, Hebrews 13 and verse 15. Hebrews 13, it tells us, and verse 15. It says, by him therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, what? Continually. That is how your gates are opened up. So for the last 80-something days, open the gates to your life. Are you following what I'm saying here? In prayer, break down those things, all right, and open the gates. Keep those gates open, and there is only one way you can do it, by scheduling praise. Let me repeat, you schedule it. The only way you eat is by scheduling it. That's why people cook food at, in bookers at a particular time. Because it is scheduled to have breakfast. And there is nothing you do you don't schedule. When you go to school, you just appear at school at 1 a.m. and say they'll be teaching. All right? It's scheduled. Everything you do is scheduled. Your body has a system. Where you, you, you don't now, just by yourself now, start sleeping when everybody's awake. Do you get what I'm saying? It's scheduled at night. Which means you go out at night, nobody's on the road there because it is time scheduled, all right, for people to lie. So things are scheduled. The, the sun doesn't just come up and then we go out now and then it's shining. Then by the time you're at home, it, it's, everything is scheduled. There are seasons. So the only way you can do things right is that you schedule them. And schedule, if you're going to do it continuously, then you schedule it. Because when you do it in the morning and when you do it in the evening, then what happens is... That anointing stays with you throughout the day. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. To listen to the full message or any other message, please visit our website at www.insightsforliving.org. For any inquiries, please call 0818 600 0082. God bless you.